Links or patties? Oh, uh, pa- uh, links. Links. Green beans or broccoli? Both, but I like green beans. I like broccoli too, both. Cats or dogs? Oh, dogs. Snickers or Milky Way? Ooh, Snicker. Because of the nuts. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Freepcast, the new podcast from the Free Press Media. Um, we'll get to our first guest in just a few seconds. First, I wanted to uh, sort of explain what we're doing here. Um, I don't want to make this too awkward, but um, the reason I want to do this, uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I just love the format, a lot of freedom involved. And um, also there's just so many really interesting people in this part of the state that I think it'd just be great to have a good conversation with them and go a little bit deeper than we can in the newspaper. So um, that's kind of the introduction. Hope this goes well. But uh, when I decided to do this, there was a really short list of people that I wanted to ask to be on the podcast. And probably the first guy on that list was the guy sitting right next to me here. You know him as either the harmonica playing (laughs) front man of City Mouse or the ordinance passing city councilman in North Mankato. Um, either case, uh, we're thrilled to have Billy Steiner. Happy to be here, Rob. Welcome, Billy. Um, thanks, for, thanks for coming on Freepcast. I know it's kind of a new thing, and I didn't really oh, it's, explain much to you before we got this going, but um, that's okay. thanks Looking for coming on. So uh, I want to get right into the music, because that's kind of what I find okay. most interesting about you. Um, take me back to like way back in the day. Um, when do you first remember music being a part of your life? Oh, boy, you know, really, really young. Uh, my brother and I, well, we grew up in a, my mom and dad uh, had a lot of records around the house, you know, big band stuff, Artie mm-hmm. Shaw, uh, Glenn Miller, really big. Mills Brothers, they were a big influence, you know, their their great harmonies and things. And and then, uh, so we listened to music all the time on a, on a you know, Vic Troll or whatever it was, a little record player. And then, you know, the Kingston Trio and the, Limelighters and the new Christy Minstrels and the Chad Mitchell Trio, big influence. Uh, the folks, the folk boom came along and was really into that. And then, of course, came the Beatles and and the two Bs, Beatles and Butterfield, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you know, first the the Beatles were just you know so huge, but then uh, uh, I remember listening to going into Backlund's music and. The gestures who were everybody, all, everybody looked up to the gestures because they had a big hit record, Run, 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 mm-hmm. in the early 60s. And they'd always hang around at Backlund's music store. And I went in one day and they were playing this record. And I said, What is that? And they said, Dale Manton said, That's an electric amplified harmonica. And it was something I'd never heard. And I was, I was hooked on harmonica right then. So, but you know, earlier than that, you know, I mean, when we were kids, we'd always have the radio on the car, always listening to music. I could, as long as I can remember. So were you was, like in the school band? I was in the school band, actually. What did uh, you play? Till, I was a B-flat cornet. I was a cornet, oh, wow. cornet player. Uh, Which you do not Good, see. strong second or third chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember I, I got I got chastised once because we got done with a song and I did a stinger, you know, that, that, and he looked at me and he threw his baton at me. <laughs> the great, late, great John Berg, a real, real wonderful guy, but he was, he was, he had a temper, and I did a stinger at the end of a thing, and that wasn't he didn't like that. I don't think I've ever seen a cornet player in a band because my my kids are. Hey, yeah, in, in City Mouse, Ronnie Arsenault, our uh, our great acoustic guitar player, was a terrific uh, trumpet player. Mm-hmm. He played in the, actually a band called the Marvelous Marauders. He was a horn player, mm. so Ronnie's a really good trumpet player. 
So, so that was like in high school then for you, would you uh, think? Uh, junior high, junior mostly. High? Grade At school, junior high. I quit a band after after junior high. You were too cool for the band at that point? No, I'm just <laughs> too busy with other things. Um, and we'll get back to Backlands. I hadn't had that on my list of questions, but I do remember reading about that. Um, the Backlands was a very that was a big uh, influential place. You went to Gustavus Adolphus College? Yes, I went to Gustavus from 68 to 72. Did you do any music at Gustavus? Just just band stuff. Okay. Uh, I had uh, my band Cleft, and I would go back to Mankato all the time because the, the other three guys in Cleft were MSU students. So we would practice and play uh, back in Mankato. So I did a lot of driving between St. Peter and Mankato, Cleft. and I still do. Was there any? Is there any recordings of, of Cleft anywhere in the I think there Steiner are, archives? I think, I think there is a tape of it somewhere. We have to drag that out sometime. Oh, boy. Give it a listen. Uh, we were kind of a heavy blues blues uh, rock stuff, you know. With you and harmonica? No, I, I just only played harmonica in maybe one song. I was just okay. a, just an inaudible front man playing be- between a really loud guitar player and a loud bass player and a loud double drummer and and singing inaudibly through a poor PA system, mm-hmm. lip-syncing. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, Backlund's... Um, before we get into City Mouse, because did, did, did your like um, experience at Backlands come before City Mouse? Yeah, yeah, we started. Um, you know, we always hung around Backlands because it was a great music store. And Dave Boyce, we always call him kind of the Godfather of the Mankato music scene because he gave everybody credit. <laughs> Most of the time, he oh, probably that's never key. got paid back. That is key. Uh, so, what, what what was it about that record? I, I think in. Anybody who's really into music, I think, has a record store in their yep. life, a, a, a place where they can go and just always um, be surrounded by new it was music so great, and stuff they love. Yeah, Tell me about you that know, they had, they had two listening stations. Uh, you'd go in there, you'd put your head under this thing, and it'd be sort of semi-soundproof, but not really. And you could take records out of the racks and go and listen to them. And they also sold musical instruments there, of course, and... and uh, you know, you'd see the great guitars, and you'd have, you know, Jim McGuire, the phenomenal, phenomenal guitar player. Still, nice guy too. Oh, great guy, great guy, uh, instructor here at MSU and at Gustavus. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, Jim McGuire was a, a worker there, so he'd just be sitting there playing the guitar. I mean, it's just a real musical. Uh, you're inundated by music, you know, and you could go get get the newest record by the Kinks, or go mm-hmm. in, in that one case, the Paul Butterfield Blues Band, or mm-hmm. or. You know, you just take the latest record you want and go and listen to it. And it was uh, music was all around there, and a lot of the musicians just hung out there, and it was a real fertile. Sounds like yeah, whatever grounds. I hear about it, it was kind of a kind of a hangout for all you guys who yeah. like needed a place to gather. It was to wonderful be together, and couldn't have gotten a better guy than Dave Boyce to run it. And he was just, you know, like we say, kind of the godfather of the music because he he was so gentle and and got along with everybody, and he was political, and it was. It was a real cool place to be. And what time, what, what year was this when it was kind oh, probably, of in your life? So uh, junior high to high school and then after, but junior high. And what year would this have been? Is this like? Uh, mid-60s, early 60s. Okay, so the Vietnam War 60s. was kind of Yo, the Vietnam War was a big deal down there because Dave was, Dave was a real activist. Yeah. And so uh, where was that? Was that where Blue Bricks is yes, now? Yes, okay. Blue Bricks. You can still see the some of the remnants and you think, oh, I remember going down that basement to pick up an amp or doing that. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's the Blue Bricks building now. So let's get to um, City Mouse. Um, so, like, where where were you, and like, who, you know, who were you with when you guys said to each other, "Hey, let's let's get a band going." I was in the back seat of of 
Ralph Bailey's car, we were we had a folk group, uh, a three-piece group called Steiner, Bailey, and Knopf. And obviously, we were liking, you know, to do stuff like Crosby, Stills, and Nash and all that. And we were a three-piece group, uh, Ralph on guitar, Tom Knopf on guitar, and I played harmonica and some guitar. And we got a, we hooked up with a pretty pretty good high-powered agent. Uh, they liked us, and they sent us to a lot of colleges. We played a lot of college concerts. Well, we did. We really did a lot of things for some reason in the Wisconsin uh school system university of wisconsin racine go badgers Eau claire menominee we didn't play madison you but we played play every madison. other played all the other all the other uh, universities and schools there and it all struck me that, that they, they had beer in their student unions <laughs> <laughs> beer on tap and but, they still do yeah but I'm anyway we, so we were we had pretty, it was a pretty good gig we the three of us we but uh, Ralph was starting to get on me a little bit. He was a little intense. and we, So we were driving back to Wisconsin. I remember the exact moment. We were pulling across the bridge there by La Crosse, and you know, the bluffs of Minnesota are, are in front of you and the, the bluffs of Wisconsin behind you. And I had a Rolling Stone on my lap, and I had a green felt-tip pen. I thought, i got to get out of this. i got to start something new. And I just wrote down City Mouse. I just That, that idea came to me from the old Aesop's fable, City Mouse and Country mm-hmm. Mouse. And I thought, i got to get out of this. i got to start something new. Got that back was, to Mankato, went Genesis. into Backlands, ran into Bob Drangler. We were both looking at Jackson Brown and, and uh, James Taylor albums. I remember that specifically. And he, and he looks up me in that way and says, and we said, let's start a band. And we said, sure. So we started, we were a duo at first, and we had, a couple of weeks later, we Just hired you know, our drummer. Yeah. Okay. And we hired uh, Bill Dennison, Captain Don Dennison, uh, who had just gotten back from the service, and he was our drummer, so we were a three-piece. And uh, we started City Mouse in 71, May of 71. So I, one of my questions on here was I, I've never heard the story of how the, the name City Mouse came about. It's from the old Aesop's fable. It was just you, know, you uh, City Mouse and Country Mouse. So it was just uh, dis, uh, disenchanted Billy sitting in a car with a, a pen and wanted I, to get I, out of his band. I, I just thought of a name of a band, and I you reading Fable I, recently, I, or no? But I just thought of that name for some reason. It just popped. In, but I remember <clears> writing it on that on that old Rolling Stone magazine and, and thinking City Mouse. I think I'll. We well, had a Rolling band. Stone magazine in front of you. Yeah, and it was back when they were the like a newspaper. You know, the, the early ones were. Now it's a slick well, magazine. Is, but, way back in the day. Yeah, they were they were a slick. Uh, they were a not slick uh, newspaper like format. So you had uh, the three of you for a while, and then at some point, uh, tell me about... No, we had um, Mike Dudash on guitar. Okay. And then uh, in the middle of a song once, we were playing Michael's. We had a house band gig down at Michael's, so we'd play there five nights a week. Michael's is where, Michael's? Is where the uh, uh, Bagel Brothers is now, or um, I mean uh, Tandem Bagel. Tandem Bagel, okay. It was the Walnut Room, and a lot of great music was played in there. Oh, and then it was Susan's and yeah, the right. Sugar Room and right. a lot of places. So we were in the middle of a song, and Captain Don, Bill Dennison... Puts his sticks down his drums, looks at Drangler and goes, ah, and he walks out. <laughs> and he, he walked out in the middle of a song. Middle of a song? In the middle of a song. And Drangler and I looked at each other and we kept playing. We finished the song and we said, well, that was different. <laughs> and so I, I was going, at one of my good friends, Gustavus, Doug Dungey, uh, was in a band called the Hugh G. Raction Company. Hugh G. Raction Company. Gotcha. And they were, Doug was a good drummer, a good singer. And uh, I approached him and said, Doug, how'd you like to join City Mouse? He said, Oh, I'd love to. So I'm getting tired of this stuff. He said, I love what you guys are doing. So he joined us. And so we were, we were, uh, we 
we traveled together from Gustavus back to Mankato to practice, and we graduated together in 72. And uh, he was in the band uh, till the mid-70s, and then he went back to school and became a dentist, and and <laughs> and we got... Uh, it was a family thing. He was the third in the line of dentists in the Dunsey I'm family. sure he's doing pretty well for himself now. Uh, unfortunately, Doug died of some heart trouble oh. quite a few years ago, but okay. wonderful guy, great singer. So he had a beautiful high, high that, voice. That set, though, back at the... What was it called? The Michaels? That, Michaels. Did, did you finish without the drummer then? I had to. <laughs> We'd done it before, you know. <laughs> so, that is uh, great. Um, okay. So, we, yeah, we finished as a duo and added Dungey the next day, I think, and started doing songs like Cab Driver and things like that and a lot of harmonies. Doug was a great singer. So did did City Mouse start out? I mean, were you did you always do original material or was we it did a lot of band? original material? Okay, yeah, we did. We did a lot of original. Bobby and I wrote a lot of songs. So so I um, and now now the band has you know, Tim writes songs, Ronnie writes songs, I write some songs. I think Dave's got some songs in in him. But uh, one of my questions later on, this is a good time for this question, but um, I think City Mouse has undergone. We a were, lot of personality. We were changes. a revolving door at that time, you know, because we were doing it full time, and a lot of pressure, and you don't make a lot of money, and so yeah. people get burned out and quit, you know. So we went through a lot of guys in in a few few years of time. So I I saw a number somewhere in the research I was doing on on you about the number of people that have been in City Mouse. It's well, it's over thirty, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm the only. It's like I'm the only who hasn't been. I'm the in only City one Mouse. that's. I'm the only one that's that's still there from the beginning. But well, that's a, that's one other question I have for you. Uh, so, we, uh, have you been kind of like the the glue for City Mouse all the years? Well, I've always been that. there. I'm just the only one that's been there the whole time. But I will say that the band, the current group of six guys in City Mouse, we've been together since '86. That's what. That's a long time. Thirty-three years. So you must have had a same six guys. Uh, that's uh, a long time. Ronnie Arsenault, Dave Pengra, Tim Waters, Mike Pengra, Dale Hafner. I mean, you know, the same same six guys for since 1986. That's a long time. But see, we aren't we, we aren't full time, and we aren't out on the road all the time. Yeah. So we don't have the the pressures that that would leave guys to leave the band, you know. And we're all really really good friends. They're my best friends, you know. Are they? Sure. Yeah, I love those guys. Yeah. That's nice to hear that you oh, guys. Oh, uh, I love those guys. Sure. I mean, I assumed you were friends, but sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, best friends. That's yeah. good to hear you guys are close. Um, so. What, that's why we're. That's why we're together. So this this setup then, um, how many years does that do the math? Like thirty years? Thirty three. Yeah. Eighty six to that's twenty nineteen. Um, is what is that? That's a lot of years. We'll just go with. We'll just yeah, go with that. It's a lot of years um, without a change, and and then we have you know the smaller version of like the Lost Walleye Orchestra, which is mm-hmm. Hafner, Pengra, Arsenal, and me. And then we also sometimes when Hafner can't make it because of he's a professor up here at mm-hmm. MSU, and if he can't make it, then we do a trio, the Lost Walleye Trio, mm-hmm. and so we have those are different iterations of the group. So at one point uh, I was reading uh, in a piece by Drew Lyon, great writer who used to do oh, some work for us here. Great, um, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a fantastic writer. I wish we still had great him. Great person. He, um, one of my yeah. favorite people. Yes. He said, or he quoted you in a piece, I think in Mankato Magazine, where you said about the current band, City Mouse, you said, uh, musically, we breathe together. 
Tell me what you mean by that, and how important is it for a band like City Mouse to kind of click? We really feel off each other, you know. We, we, there's a lot of just, you know, Dave and I have a lot of eye contact. Dave and I do a lot of harmonies together, and we just look at each other, and we know what to do harmony-wise, and Dave knows how to follow the bass player. The bass is so important, and Dave is so wonderful about that. And and he, he knows what I'm going to do musically, and he knows what Ronnie's going to do musically, and Dale is very intuitive. Everybody's very intuitive. We, all, we know each other so well that we know how everybody's thinking and, and doing stuff, you know, so you, we do breathe together, you know, I mean, it it, it just, it falls into place because we know each other so well because we've been together so much, you know, it's a familiarity thing. Yeah. Are there times when you're not breathing together that you're not clicking or is, is that just Okay, so you know, you might have a, you might have a, a, a little bit of an odd night, but not, not more often than not, it, it works, I think. I think, you know, we, a lot of times we say, uh, Hey, that was a good night, you know, or something like that. So, um, can you tell me what? Just kind of based on that question, what um, is there a worst gig ever story that you have about City Mouse? <laughs> well, they usually involve something about logistics, you know, about like metal stairs on on the side of a building in the okay. winter time, or a lot of stairs. Stairs are, are a big thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, or, or muddy, years. muddy load ends, and you gotta haul stuff through mud, mm-hmm. or you gotta, or sand on a beach, or an island, or it, you gotta put stuff in some kind of a boat to get to an island. You know, <laughs> a lot of times we always say that a lot of times people, when people set up gigs for a band, they don't think logistics. They don't think about what really has to get done. They just think this would be a good place to have it. So. I mean, it's usually a logistic thing, you know, or it's hard to get to yeah. a place. On the other side of the coin, um, I wonder if you can tell me what maybe the best show, I'm not, not not maybe the best, like the biggest show or the best attended show, but just like, was there ever a gig you guys did where you felt like everything is clicking, everything's perfect? Um, there, maybe there's 10 people watching you guys, but you just feel like it's well, all Yeah, that happens. Yeah, you know, it happens. Um, I, one that I can think of in particular uh, was uh, the uh, concert we did at, uh, uh, at uh, Bjorling Hall at Gustavus. We recorded that for our uh, Long Time No See album. Oh, okay. And I th- I thought everything was working real well there, and Dale had a beautiful big uh, Steinway grand piano mm-hmm. to play, and and uh, acoustics were great, and, and it was recorded by, uh, by uh, KGAC. And uh, I, that was a real great night. That was a special night, I thought. But there's a lot of them, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. those those things that we did at the quarry were always wonderful with the symphony, and then out at Vetterstone, it's fun to play with the symphony. Yeah, we're so blessed to have that great symphony. How's the sound out there? I've been, was, I never Vetter, got to one of those. Uh, I think it's great. I think it, I like it. I, I love the place. I think we're I really mean the quarry, I mean, when you guys were actually oh, at the quarry, in the quarry, the quarry was great too. Was it? Yeah, we had great sound systems and. It, it was just a beautiful big venue. Like you go, where did this come from? It looked mm-hmm. like another planet. Yeah, you know, you go down in this thing, and all of a sudden, there's this giant area, and there's this big limestone stage, Casota stone stage. Mm-hmm. It was really a. It was. It, they made it work. It really was great, and there was always a great crowd, and that was always fun to do. So let me take you back to um, your youth again and the harmonica. What I, and you talked a little bit about this, but tell me again about why. Why the harmonica kind of I don't know, I, just thought, I was taken by the sound when I heard that first Butterfield album, and I started listening to other other players like Little Walter and Sonny Boy Williamson and and uh, 
guys like that, and uh, and then listened to old old records like that. And I actually listened, got a lot of stuff from the Rolling Stones too, because uh, Brian Jones, when he was alive, was a good harmonica player. And the in the early Rolling Stones albums, they featured a lot of harmonica. And if you want to go there, Mick is a pretty good harmonica player himself still. Is he? Yeah, he is. But I listened to a lot of those early Stones albums like 12 by 5 and, and Out of Our Heads and some of those early Stones albums. And yeah. There were some good they, – they always picked up a lot of blues. They were very – they brought a lot of blues to to the young people's culture and they had some great harmonica playing and good harmonica playing on there. So I copped some licks from them too. Then later I listened to a lot of Charlie McCoy mm-hmm. – uh, Great country harmonica player, and guys like Donnie Brooks, who played with uh, a lot of the Texas people. He played with uh, Jerry Jeff Walker and Waylon Jennings. He's really, really nice harmonica. I player. love Waylon Jennings. Oh yeah, Waylon. He's favorites. one of my favorites. Oh, absolutely, one of mine too. Yeah. Fortunate to seen him a couple times, and man, he was he was a real deal. That guy, guy had a lot of soul. I saw him once. My folks dragged me out there. Well, they didn't drag me. I mean, by that time, I was I was Where'd a big you fan. See him? State Fairgrounds. Oh, okay, I didn't go to that show. Yeah. Some at the Guthrie a couple times. That okay. was a really great setting. Um, so do you play the harmonica like daily? Is it, I mean, what is no, your, what, what is your uh, approach to like getting better? Oh, it, Do you want to get better? <laughs> sure, I, well, I, of course I do. Here's, there's so many good players. I want to get better. But yeah. uh, really, honestly, I, I don't practice as much as I should, you know. Yeah. I should practice more. I mean, do you pick I, it up I, One once time a when week, I practice, when I buy a new harmonica, because, you know, they blow out and they get flat, and then the other guys in the band hate you because the notes, ugh, you know, that. <laughs> I suppose if so, you've been playing that long together, they can tell right away. Oh, yeah. If a note's right. flat, yeah. it's going to stick out. So you get a new harmonica, and that, then you spend you know, some time breaking it in. So that's a good time to practice. So have you ever considered like, you know, scrapping City Mouse and no. starting something else? Like maybe no. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, like that day when you created City Mouse, did you ever think, hey, I want I want something different. I want to try something else. I want to. I don't, I don't know. I'm, it's usually been my focus. That's usually what I like, okay. what I love. It's fun to play with other people, you know. I mean, like last Wednesday, I got to play with Eric Koskinen and his band. And that's always a treat. It's, it's great to play with other people. Yeah. But I still always want to have the band. So in the last um, decade or so, um, Americana music has begun, is, has become very popular. Yeah. Um, it seems, though, like City Mouse has kind of been doing this since its inception. Um and correct me if I'm wrong about that. No, but you're, it, it does. You're, it does you're, seem like that's, that's kind of where you guys are. It's intuitive. So when rather. when that thing when that genre began to emerge as a trend, did that help or hurt City Mouse? Oh, it probably helped because <clears throat> it it kind of explained what we were doing. Because for years, you know, people didn't want us. You know, didn't uh, we had a cult following maybe, but we weren't wildly popular. Still mm-hmm. aren't. But you know, I mean, <laughs> there were places that people just hated us because of what what are you doing? You know, and they couldn't understand what we were doing. You know, because we weren't doing top forty stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, with the with the more emerging of Americana, maybe it's uh, it fits a little better now. Hmm. But there were places we'd play where they didn't want us at all. They wanted big hair rock band, and they didn't want us <laughs> doing a Hank Williams tune or a, hmm. a, a blues song or a, a or a, a Emmylou Harris tune or something like that. They wanted to hear. Uh, they wanted to hear what's on the radio. Or, uh, yeah, they wanted to hear what's on the radio. Yeah. In some venues, I can understand people are—they've come to drink and sure have a good time. They sometimes they want to hear what they want, but I can't imagine them wanting you to change what you do to to fit the venue. But anyway, um, 
we were misplaced in a lot of venues in the oh, yeah. 70s and 80s. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, places that they they didn't get what we were doing, they didn't like us. <laughs> but you persevere, you persist. After all this time, though, I think most of the you get town it. knows who you are and know what they're doing when they we're bring in going, City Mouse. Still trying to do it. Okay. So in 2002, you were inducted into the, the Minnesota Music Hall of Fame. Um, that's a really great honor. Um, what did that mean for you to get that kind of recognition? I, I actually tried to make be the band, you know, because uh, the band is the whole thing. I, right. I thought, don't it's, it shouldn't be me, it should be City Mouse. Yeah. But, um, they were all really good about it, and they all came over to the induction ceremony in New Ulm, and it was very cool. But I've always felt like it should be the band, you know, because I'm just part of the band. The band is what makes us go. At the same time, though, I mean, did it did it feel good though that oh, it feels there were great. some? It's people... a great thing. It's it, it's a nice thing to have, you know. Right. <laughs> real, um, real nice uh, trophy they give you. <laughs> right, right. So, who do you listen to? What, what, what? Whose whose music do you find interesting right now? Uh, right now, the last two days I've had or three days I've had Lucinda Williams in my car. Oh, she's fantastic. Yeah, I've been listening to Lucinda Williams. I've I've got uh, Eric Koskinen in my car. I've got I've got the Beatles. I still listen to the Beatles a lot. Um, uh, I've got, I've got uh, some Amy Lou Harris stuff in my car. Uh, so, uh, Steve Earle, uh, just a wide range of stuff. You know, oh, the new John Prine album. I've been listening to that. I'm a big John Prine fan. Have you been out to um, Koskinen's studio? Yes, I have. Cool studio out in Cleveland, uh, and uh, nice, really nice place. We hope to record there soon. We. We're way overdue to do a new album. I met him out there. We did a piece for the magazine. Yeah. And we met great him out art, there. Great uh, article, by the way. Thank you. Um, great guy, isn't he? Studio is fantastic. Pretty I mean, sweet, it, isn't it? It's like a, this nondescript storefront on yeah, you, Main you Street in Cleveland. Yeah, you see it on Main Street in Cleveland. You have no you idea what that is. And you get in there, and he's got, I mean, he's, has, he has such a collection of amps and guitars. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's, it was really fun to go in there. Very cool. I'm hoping to have him on the podcast oh, once uh, yeah, we he's, get this he's going. Yeah, great, he's a great uh Great talker. He's got great stories. Mm-hmm. He's done a lot of things. He's been around. No kidding. He's been around. <laughs> the other day I talked to him when he called me to ask me to play Saturday or Wednesday at the, at the Nikato, and he says, I got to go go take a shower because I got grease all over me. I was under my truck putting a new, I don't know, it was new starters, put some in his truck. He's a mechanic. Oh, he's, he's an old carpenter. school, hands-on he can do a lot of kind things. of guy. Yeah, yeah. he's fantastic. Yeah. Well, let me transition. I don't want to keep you here forever, Billy, but let's um, transition to um, uh, you're a member of the North Mankato City Council. Yes, um, I am. And you've been on the city council for more than 20 years. 20th, from what I, I'm in my 23rd year. 23rd year, okay. So take me back to 1997 and help me understand what prompted you to run for well, city council. Well, uh, my friend Nancy Knudsen was the mayor at the time. And uh, I believe Denny Bodie was le- the late Denny Bodie, great guy. Uh, was leaving to go out to, I think, Pennsylvania to get a job transfer. So he had to leave, so there was an opening. There was going to be an opening, so Nancy called and says, why don't you run for city council? Why don't you take run for Denny's spot? And I said, are you kidding me? And she said, no, do it. So I did it. So was it she just thought you would be good, or she wanted to have her friend on the council? I don't know. I mean, what? She, I don't know. She so what, what was it about the job, though, that, I mean, you must have known it was going to be a time well, commitment. I've always been involved in politics, you know. <clears throat> in school, I was always in politics, you know, student council. And, oh, were you? And, and student senate, okay. Davis, and all that. So I've always been 
I didn't know. I didn't. I, 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 I wouldn't have pictured you when the student senate at Gus Davis. Ah, uh, yeah, I was. That's I was great. Present my class three years over there. So, wow. <laughs> so that's fantastic. I, I, I've always been involved in that kind of stuff. So, what has surprised you the most about being on the council? Did anything surprise uh, you? Yeah, about I, it, all the the infrastructure that you learn about. Mm-hmm. You know, you never thought you'd think about sewers and and in in, in you know. Uh, Water, water systems, and things like that. There's a lot of stuff that, a lot of stuff that has to be done to make mm. a city run. And we're so fortunate. I think, you know, both cities really are run really well. You know, I think we have two really great cities here: Mankato and North Mankato. St. Peter, for all that's worth. I mean, we, yeah. we live in a pretty great area, and we have some good, good stuff going on. I think. Yeah. So, as a city council member, you have. Um you know, it's within your power to help make people's lives better. I mean, can, Try. You, can you think of anything over the course of your 23 years that you're most proud of, maybe, that you've, um, the city Oh, I don't know. We, we've got, you know, the, I love the library. I'm, I'm on the library board. And the Taylor Library is just a wonderful thing, you know. It's it's a gem of southern Minnesota, I think, that we, we were part of getting that through. That was a big battle. We, you know, because we were fighting Travers to sue the established system. I remember. It was really was ugly. ugly. Yeah. It's the word for I, it. I got, uh, I did a feng shui after we had a fire in our carriage house. And I, I got rid of a, boxes of letters and things. People were really, it was vitriolic, man. I mean, it was. And you, and you kept all those? I did for a while. They're all gone. I mean, I, I got that past me because it's, the library is there. It it exists. It it, it thrives. We've been really lucky, but mm-hmm. that was a really tough thing to get through. So, what did you make of the all library? That? Used to be a little basement thing over in City Hall, and now we have this I beautiful remember. library. You know, I like that. We got a new new fire hall. We we've got you know we got kept the recycling thing going. I, I'm proud of the recycling. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the, the one on Webster. So I'm, I'm, I'm you just try to make the place better. Um, so do you do you see part of your is, is is any part of what you do politically? Do you see any of that as being a part of kind of you know? There's a lot of turmoil right now. A lot of a lot of people getting on sides and fighting oh, right. about it's, stuff. It's, I it's, mean, do you is any an is, out there right now. is any part of what you do? Does that do you get kind of enmeshed into that whole mess? Um, I know you're not running as a member of a party for the city council. No, but we're 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 not. We're uh, is it all the, at large. We are not party members. But are people uh, voicing themselves and their opinions more? And is the the tone of that di- discourse different now than it was, say, ten years ago? When things yeah, so. But you know, in, in the long run, I think that's very positive because people are wanting to get involved and they're they're passionate about what they think. You know, so. Uh, but, Everybody's got their opinions, you know. But I always say we're not politicians; we're council members, because you know, because right. we don't have parties, we don't have right. political parties right. and right. things. It is not a Republican Democrat thing, you know. So much it's we're just doing stuff for the good of the city. Do you think we don't people, have that divide like like we do statewide or, or nationwide? There's a big divide nationwide and statewide. And I think you're right about that distinction. Do you think most people, when they think about the city council, do do, do they see it that way? I hope so, but you know, people say well, you're a politician. I say no, I'm not. I'm a city council member. Yeah. So, and how long will you be a city council member? Uh, this is this will be my last term. This is my sixth term. So, 24 years if I live that long. I hope I do. Uh, Your term but, is up when? Uh, next year. Okay. I'm in my 23rd year, and 
if I get through the whole thing, it would be 24 years. Hmm. So uh, six terms, that's a, that's a long time. So um, one thing that we share in common, Billy, is we both lost our mother recently. Yes. Um, tell me a little bit about her and maybe what influence she had in your life. Well, she was, she was incredible. She, uh, she went really, really hard and, and well till about the last month of her life. She, she died at 97, but like she always said, boy, I sure had 96 good years. And she said, <laughs> then I turned... During 97, everything went to shit. <laughs> she, de- she developed uh, a- acute myeloid leukemia. And okay. Was, they said it's very aggressive, and it was. But, you know, she was still working until three weeks before she died. She was working five days a week. Wow. Into her 97th year. Where was she working? At Lloyd Management. Okay. So, uh, she, you know, she worked five days a week, five mornings a week, and goes there at 7.30 every morning. Do, do the mail and distribute everything. That is amazing. And yeah, she had a new, she had a fairly new car <clears> and <throat> drove around and lived, lived you know, uh, upper north. And she was really active. I mean, she she went, went, went. You know, we all said she had a bigger social calendar than we did. I met her one day. Um, not sure where it was, but I, I I I met her and I told her I said, I think I've definitely met the most interesting Steiner. <laughs> oh, thank you. She was great. You know, she had a, she. I remember when my brother announced to her that he was gonna he was gonna retire from the radio business. She looked at him and says, "Don't retire. You die if you retire." Wow. <laughs> she she was stirred about that. You die if you retire. Wow. So. Well, tell me about the rest of your family. Um, your wife, um, Patty, and I have been married since 1980. Uh, we went together for what seven years be- before that. So we've been together quite a while since what. Uh, 74 I think so yeah and you have kids we have one son Dylan okay Dylan uh he's a production uh manager up at up at fun.com mm-hmm. uh shipping director I guess is what he is shipping director and then you have of course uh your big brother Pete big brother Pete we're the only two kids and the only two siblings in the family we were two guys growing up and I read we're that you very guys tight. were very close. You guys used to perform together, didn't you? Uh, yeah, we, and we still Way do occasionally. Oh, but, do you? but when we were young, yeah, we we would every holiday we'd we'd get asked to perform, do some of our folk songs. You know, so we were pushed into it at an early age. <laughs> All right, I got a couple of weird questions for you. Okay, before we wrap it up here, um, Billy, um, I mean they're very weird. Okay, um, purple. Would. <laughs> Would you rather be alone for the rest of your life or always be surrounded by annoying people? Oh, jeez. I'd rather be alone, I think, than surrounded by annoying people. Yeah. I don't like annoying people. But you're so social, though. You're, I mean, it seems like Sure, but I I, I can, I got my loner thing, too. Okay. All right. Would you rather be completely invisible for one day or be able to fly for one day? Oh, I've always wanted to fly. Yeah, me too. I always dreamed about flying. I always wanted to fly. Would you rather know how you were going to die or when you're going to die? No, no, no. I, I am very superstitious about that. No, I won't no. even look. I won't even if I get a calendar. I won't look to the next month to see what the picture is on the next calendar page. I, I wait till it comes because I don't want to take it. But for this is a gun to your head kind of thing. You want to know how or when? You, neither. You just okay. <laughs> and the last one is this is a hard one. Okay. I have actually thought about this one. Would you rather be framed for a murder you didn't commit 
or frame your best friend for a murder you oh. committed. <laughs> Can I plead the? Think plead of your <laughs> think of your best friend or anybody in City Mouse. I wouldn't do either. You, I wouldn't you would do just either. you would be framed. I mean, it's, it's 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 either or. You would be framed or frame someone. Well, I wouldn't frame someone. I couldn't. So you you'd be framed. I, I would do, too. Wouldn't want to. I would too. I don't want to. Right. Uh, that's going to do it, Billy. That's all of my questions. Do you have anything you want to say or plug? Do you have any gigs coming up you want to mention? Or uh, Yeah. Uh, Saturday the 23rd, where the Walleyes will be out at uh, Mount Cato at the Lift Bar. Okay. Uh, four in the afternoon. And uh, it's a very cool bar. It's got I, a tough load in, but we worked, yeah, sure. we worked roadies into the, into the contract. Oh, good, good. There's a lot of young bodies around there you could probably get to help you out. Yeah. Thank you to Allie. She said, uh, we'll take care of that. We'll get. I used to watch. I used to sit in there and have a few beers watching my son ski. Neat place, isn't it? Yeah, it's cool. Uh, it's, a, it's a really nice venue. Yeah. So we'll be there uh, 23rd of uh, Saturday afternoon. All right. Well, thanks for coming on as our thank first you, guest, Rob. Billy. Appreciate really, it. really appreciate it. Thank um, you. I like. I love reading your stuff. I love what you do at the free. Well, press. thank you very much. Uh, hopefully, we'll. Uh, We're blessed to have some really good writers. We have a. We. I mean, I should plug. We the free always press. Have, free press has always had great writers. I should plug the free press while yep. we're here. Um, thanks to the free press. Yeah, it's. I mean, I can't think of it. And thanks a better to Joe for allowing that to happen and do that. You know, he's a good boss. Oh, he's great. For Joe's sure. great, and you know, he's dealing with a corporate structure, and that's tough. But, yep. But you guys keep it real. You do a really good job, so I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yep. All right, that's it for the first episode of Freepcast. Thanks for listening, you guys. See you next time. By the way, we want to thank Goodnight Goldust for the Freepcast theme music. The song is called Headlights. Headlights.